Okay, Devin, I'm going to start this podcast with the greatest knock-knock joke that you've ever heard in your entire life, but I need to make sure that you're ready for that. Devin, are you ready for the greatest knock-knock joke that's ever been told? I've never been more ready. I'm so prepared. You, I've been if I tell you this, life. are you going to fucking collapse on stream? Are you yes. sure that you're ready? Press, are you Press F. Everyone get ready to press F to pay respect because I'm about to die. This joke is going to be so funny. Okay, you start. What? You start. Oh, Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange? <laughs> Orange who? Orange, glad I didn't say banana? Holy shit, Devin. Holy shit, what a joke. <laughs> Fucking killed it. What the fuck? <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> you asked me to do a cold open. This is what you get, Devin. I... This is what I have for you. This is perfect. So here, my idea was being like, so Amber, the joke is that I put a lot of effort into this and you will do the bare minimum required to have a (laughs) podcast. And in the spirit of that, Amber, it's our Christmas episode. Our Christmas episode, what? Original podcast, do not steal a podcast where in every week, Amber, Autumn, and I discuss at length a subject and create an original character within that space. And on Christmas episodes, we give each other gifts. You know the pitch, but we have to give it. That's how podcasting works. Amber gave me mine. We talked about my hero. And now, Amber, last year, I gave you an option. And Reboot was on that. And I thought I could just go with Reboot, but that's not enough. I want to go one step beyond, as a very shitty content creator would often say. So, Amber, what's this? That's a present. What's in there? Devin, what the fuck are you doing right now? I don't know what's Do in that present. Do you have a physical Amber. present there? <laughs> Do I? But Amber, you can pick on the top shelf, or you can pick the bottom shelf. And I'll tell you what they both are, but you have to pick one. But I don't get to know what they are before I pick. Nope. And I will say, there is definitively, I'm hoping you go for one over the other. <laughs> Why don't you pick that one then? Okay. Um, we're going to go with the top shelf. Oh, thank you, Amber. Because here's what it is. Top shelf was highbrow. Why highbrow? 21 Jump Street. Bottom shelf was... What the fuck is lowbrow? Was Magic Mike XXL. Oh my god. (laughs) The the theme was Channing Tatum. I call it the keep it tight combo. (laughs) So here's a fun fact about Magic Mike XXL. is Actually, there is a third Magic Mike movie that's coming out in February. So it's actually good that you're holding off on that one because I probably was going to do the Magic Mike episode (laughs) like a few months down the line from now. Worry not. 21 Jump Street was absolutely the way to go here. Oh, we did it. We did it, Amber. (laughs) Not highbrow at all. So the reason I said highbrow is because I was like, okay, well, you have to jump. So it's high. And with Magic Mike, you're stripping. So you got to get down low. So it's lowbrow. Because I know you are like, oh, the distinction between high and lowbrow art is useless. I've heard it a thousand times. But I was like, you jump to get high, you get low on the dance floor. That's how I'll keep them straight in my head. Do you know that the phrase highbrow and lowbrow comes from fucking... What's the word for skull measuring? Phrenology? It comes from phrenology. (laughs) That's where highbrow and lowbrow comes from.
Oh, does the motherfucker who makes brows held high feel bad about that? Because I yeah, feel like his whole bit. Yeah, you talked about it in an episode. <laughs> I was about to say his whole bit is being smart. I feel like he should know that. He found out like during the run of the show at some point. He was like, I learned in researching this episode that the phrase highbrow comes from phrenology. Oh, fucking, <laughs> that's the real prank when you name your show after fucking faulty racial science. Like, oops. Fake <laughs> racial science, big oops. Oh, Tony went jump straight. Oh. So, um, I want to draw a quick distinction here, because uh, one fun fact that um, you actually specifically may not be aware of is that 21 Jump Street is actually originally... Like a TV show. Yeah, it's a TV show. It had Johnny Depp, and it was a whole thing. It was like multiple seasons, and it was yeah. played straight. Uh, that's not what this episode is going to be about. If you came here, if you clicked on the title for 21 Jump Street looking for uh, an original character in the original show, I'm sorry, I can't give you that. We're going to be talking about the Phil Lord and Christopher Miller movies, um, 21 Jump Street and then 22 Jump Street that came out in 2012 and 2014 starring uh jonah hill and channing tatum you really went with a couple of channing tatums huh in your in your choices yeah that's why i said it was the keep it right combo keep it right keep it tight tatum uh-huh so this is a series of buddy cop comedies about um uh, a couple of guys as played by Channing tatum and jonah hill who are extremely fucking bad at what they do, who are assigned to go undercover in a high school and then in the second movie in a college um, to find an underground ring of, like, drug smugglers, and they fuck up the case super bad, and in fucking up the case super bad, they get to, like, solve it. And they're um, fun comic action fight scenes, and you know how much I love a genre-aware piece of genre fiction. I think that knowledge about you comes in, like, a conversation that lasts more than an hour and i've known you for years so uh -huh. i definitely know i mean we talk about media a lot and it's one of the dominant things that i like in media um it's actually funny i think how many of my like grown-up friends don't necessarily have as much of an awareness of that about me it really comes out around you i think partly because we just have such different philosophies on genre big facts and the the tropes therein yeah, I really love this franchise. It's directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who are the same guys who did, like, the Lego movie. Uh, bless them. And, like, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs franchise as well. Okay, there's, there's, like, there's like two things that I especially love about this franchise, in addition to thinking that it's, like, really, really funny, because it is. A couple things that I think are really, like, narratively interesting. One is they do this thing where they have... There's, like, this really strong platonic bond between our two primary buddy cops, right? Between our, our Jonah Hill and our Channing Tatum who grow to, like, have this really intimate love for each other. The way that that love is communicated is using, like, the cinematic grammar of a romantic relationship. Like, an entire sequence where they're arguing, where they have, like, a, a breakup scene between the two of them, because one of them is spending all of his time with another guy, and the way they talk about it is very much doing, like, all of the traditional tropes of a like hetero romance film um but about these like two buddy cops who have nothing but a platonic relationship to each other and obviously on some level that's designed to be like the joke of the scene right is that it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and it's like haha they're talking like they're a couple but in fact they're just partners um but that scene is also like as in as much as it's funny and a joke it also is 
like narratively sincere. It is genuinely communicating the narrative low point of the film, the emotional low that the characters are experiencing. Like the talking about the romance is the way that sincerely the plot is communicated to us. Um, and I think that that is both interesting and really compelling. I really love it when the cinematic language of romance and like even the regular language of romance in in filmic terms is used on like non-romantic forms of love and affection. Um, I just find it really compelling and I think that's a way that that relationship is consistently framed. And the other thing that I think is really interesting to me about the sequel in specific is the way that jokes from the previous one are built upon and subverted. So like in a lot of traditional comedy franchises, you have like your Wayne's Worlds, right? Where you have Wayne's World and Wayne's World is a classic comedy film and they do a bunch of jokes that are beloved and well-known and then you get to the second movie and they do all of those jokes again or they will do the same joke but bigger this time um, because the joke worked really well in the first one and that's what people are expecting out of the second one. And obviously these are two films with about like 15 years between the two of them, um, between the Wayne's World and 21 Jump Street. And so maybe it's not a, like entirely fair comparison. Like we've learned a lot more about how to make a sequel, a comedy sequel since then. To, to fight against that, did we really? Because how far removed from the hangover trilogy are the 21 jump street movies that's true not that far although admittedly i haven't seen the hangover movies any of them so i don't necessarily have a sense of how those were was was that doing the thing where it's like the same joke in every movie it is it, yeah it's it's like it, by the third one they're just they are the characters in fiction are actively upset that they're doing the same movie again <laughs> 22 jump street sort of does a little bit of a similar thing to that to spoil like exactly one joke that happens in that movie Oh shit, which character is it? I think, um, I, I honestly don't remember which of the two boys it is, so I'm just going to say one, and if I'm wrong, don't jump down my ass about it. Um, uh, but in 21 Jump Street, um, Jonah Hill, in like the climactic scene, takes a bullet for Channing Tatum's character. Uh, and it's like this big moment of look how far they've come to love and trust each other, that Jonah Hill dives and takes a bullet for Channing Tatum's character. In the sequel, 22 Jump Street, Someone's going to shoot at Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum's character dives to take the bullet, uh, but he dives uh, a little too soon before the bullet is fired. And so the bullet still hits Jonah Hill anyway, because you're expecting them to do the same thing in reverse. Um, and the characters tr also try to do the same thing again, but reverse, but it, it doesn't work. They're not good enough at it to pull off that comedy beat. The joke comes from you're expecting them to subvert the comedy of the original in a particular way. They end up subverting the comedy in a different way than you expect. I feel like this goes back to a thing I talked about a lot in the Scream episode, which is that, like, the thing, the way that Scream as a franchise is effective is by letting you know that it knows what you think is going to happen. And, of course, obviously we all know that horror and comedy are such related genres, and I think that this is, like, an example of a way in which they're related, is that, like, 21 and 22 Jump Street kind of get to operate on a similar level with their genre awareness. They get to be genre awareness, and then in moments like that bullet diving scene, they get to use their awareness of what you think is going to happen in this genre to meaningfully subvert what you think is going to happen for a, for a laugh. Those are a couple of things that the franchise does that I think are interesting. I know that none of that is necessarily especially helpful for, like, 
building characters in the franchise. Devin, what's your relationship with these movies? Do you have any questions about the things that I've said so far? Where are you at? I I was going to talk about the first thing, but then you kept going and I, you were in Sorry. a good flow and I didn't want to... No, it's fine. Um, but that thing about, like, it's earnest, and it comes back to the thing I said in the Dungeons & Dragons movie episode where stakes in comedy have to matter to characters, otherwise you're wasting everybody's time. So Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, it is a big emotional beat when they have the breakup, mm-hmm. and it matters to them. And the the bit of, like, a thing I don't like about... And I think we're, past, we're, we're definitely past this, but there was, like, this area of, like, horrible bosses, whenever that movie came out, where, like, comedy movies were just hire a comedian to do... Sorry, to do improv for a bit, and that's uh-huh. not... That's not using film to be funny, and the fact that they are using all of the narrative, like the the narrative, all of the film cinematic language to tell you that this is romantic. It like the editing, the cinematography itself mm-hmm. is funny, and that's a thing that these movies do very well. I like them a lot. I think they're really good. They're funny. They're funny fucking movies, and I am someone who. I, I go, okay, like, you, you poked at the trope, haha. You get, like, one of those out of me before I roll my eyes and get tired. These movies do it a lot, and they're fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing... They're not just saying, like, we're aware of the trope. They're not just saying... They're not just, like, lampshading that the trope is there. They're using the awareness of the trope to tell a joke. Yeah, and I, but I think the thing, it's Phil and Lord, right? That's the directors? Yeah. Lord and Miller, I think yeah. the th- yeah, Lord, Lord Miller. I think I, I think the thing they're really good at is looking at like big collective like cultural touchstones that have wide and various interpretations, breaking down the why they're allowed to be different, but what keeps them the same. They're Lego movie. It's about Legos, and Legos can be anything. But why we like Legos, it's because this is freedom of expression, but also a, a rigid structure that anyone who isn't even necessarily creative can create. The Batman movie they did does that. The Spider-Man movie they did does that. It's it's a thing they do that they're really good at, and with this, they just take buddy cop movies, franchises, comedies, and like police procedurals, puts it in a blender and goes, okay, these are different. 21 Jump Street is not Hill Street Blues. God, Hill Street Blues is a wonderful show. But they're all the same in some way. And they find that core thing and then earnestly through humor kind of remind you why it is you love it. That's my big thesis statement on those two as creatives. Yeah, I like these movies. They're funny. The fucking bit (laughs) bit in the sequel. It's, It's just the meme of like... X thing. I switched to porn because that's easier to explain to my family. But when Jonah Hill is watching Channing Tatum and fucking <laughs> shitty Captain America from Falcon of the Winter Soldier work out, someone's like, hey, man, I need to get in there. And he goes, shut up. I'm watching porn. And he's crying. Yes. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It's so fucking funny. Or the bit where they're, uh, this, this was, sorry everyone, this is a part of the podcast where we're just re-saying jokes because they're fucking funny, but when they have the car crash, and they go through, like, the museum, and Joan Hill's just like, it looks like they went out of their way to hit all of the expensive stuff, that's insane! What a good pair of movies. Honestly. Like, what a, what a, what a franchise that knew when to stop. It, like, had a point with the first movie, 
and it absolutely had like a good series of jokes and a good like thing it was saying and a good series of ideas to throw together in a blender and then like return to all of those ideas in a subversive way and like like doubling back on them exactly once is really funny like i can't imagine a way that you would make that same trick work a third time um and they didn't uh amber aren't you forgetting the best joke is it the end credits of the second one the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> like when they get to five jonah hill goes what contract dispute i wasn't seth rogan oh god funny, funny movies. movies if you haven't seen them Man, when you talk about just, like, really funny things, there just has to be the section where you go, okay, we're just gonna... Fucking, in Star Trek The Next Futurama, there is just a section where Michael Swain and not Adam Gans, I don't remember the other guy's name, but they go, this is the section where we just talk about jokes we thought were <laughs> funny. And it... <laughs> So, yeah, with all that in mind, it's an interesting world to try to build a character in. In some ways, it's kind of a very down-to-earth world, because it really is just, like, buddy cops undercover at you know, various institutions of learning. But it's also, like, the kind of setting where, like, we get to build sort of genre awareness into the character that we make, and that's always really fun for me. The question is, then, do we make a cop? Do we make a criminal? Do we make, like, a student at the high school or the college that they visit during one of the two specific movies? I think a criminal would be fun. Like, if you took the joke from Seth Rogen's Green Hornet, where the mob boss wants to be threatening but just is not, and you put that in a good movie, well, that's a funny joke right there. That's a pretty funny joke. Before we get into fully into character creation, for the record, cops shouldn't exist. We think that they're bad and that we probably shouldn't have a world where there are cops. Or at least that's what I think, personally. Anyway, we're going to be talking in glowing terms about um, some movies where the cops are the good guys because the movies take place in the cops are good cinematic universe. Uh, and we are going to be just playing along with that and making um, a, a bad guy whomst is going to be stopped by the good guy cops. And so I wanted to say out loud before we did that. The mark of two intelligence is to hold two contradictory ideas within the mind at the same time and have the ability to function. Cops are bad. The concept of community policing predates how we define cops in America. We shouldn't have them. Also, there's a lot of cop fiction that is just quality fucking TV. Hill Street Blues is one of the greatest shows that ever aired on the Broadway. Fucking fight me. I will not fight you. See, I like the idea of criminal. What about you? I'm wondering if we maybe translate that up to the internet age. Like, you have a character who's, who's like, running, like, an online drug arena. And this is, like, maybe one of the problems that the characters have is that, like, it's it's a revival of, like, a show from, what, like, the, the 80s? When is... Yeah, it's an 80s show. Like, so much of it is, is is a revival of that for 2012. And so if we're doing it for 2022, presumably you have a character who's trying to, like, run something online. A character who probably had some holdings in crypto before it went tits up. 
Oh, that shitlord who scammed a bunch of people, and there's this glowing goddamn article about how he changed the world of finance, and there's a part where the man writing the article is talking to X person, and he's like, I want to get in with my own thing, so he'll think I'm cool. I ask him what he thinks about books. To which he replies, <laughs> I don't read books. If you read a book, you're wasting your fucking time. I try to calculate the brain games he's playing with me, knowing that I am a writer, and I started by saying I read five books books every day. But truly, he has cucked me, and I am the beta in this situation. He replies again, <laughs> if it's more than a five-page, if it's more than a five-paragraph article, congrats, you've wasted your time. Headshot, bro. I'm also playing Minecraft. You do a little bit the, the, the glass onion thing, but it's obvious from the, the very beginning that this guy is a dumbass idiot. I was going to say, just like critically online, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I got the law cacks, man, law cows, bro. And they go, what the fuck? Shannon Tan goes, what the fuck are Absolutely. you talking about? What is a kiwi farm? What are any of these words? <laughs> so here's a question. This is a rare opportunity where we get to cast our character. And I think that tends to inform what we go with. So do you want to do some casting decisions? I totally do. I want to say, here's my question for you. Do you think it is funny if we get someone who is a serious dramatic actor and we say, try to be intimidating? Or if we get the kid who played Red Mist in Kick-Ass, whose name is McLovin, that fucker? I think we want a, com a comedy character, a comedian. Patton Oswalt, Evergreen. The man has never not been That's funny. That's really true. Although Patton Oswalt might be a little bit old for what we're looking for we probably want someone who was or seems to be pretty young zach galifianakis cat williams bill Hader, people from the it crowd i kind of want to just see how long you can keep going for magic mike send up gabriel iglesias <laughs> charlie day voice of luigi Jack Black, voice of Bowser. <laughs> Charlie Day makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like critically online, Charlie Day confusing them with his techno lingo. It kind of really works for me. I, I'm, I'm, you know what? Yeah, I'm feeling Charlie Day. Lord and Miller have worked with him before in the Lego movie. Oh, yeah, Spaceship. Yeah, he's Benny. Oh, then also the voice of Batman would also be a funny pick. Will Arnett. <laughs> but I think I, Will Arnett, I think Will Arnett's more funny if we're doing like traditional mobster, but we are doing like an online crypto criminal. We have Charlie Day as like the primary antagonist who these characters spend the entire time trying to prove is guilty. But Charlie Day's shitty stoner roommate, Will Arnett, is like clearly... <laughs> is clearly the brains of the operation, like, on accident. Like, Charlie Day will keep, like, trying to set something up, and then Will Arnett from the couch, like, half paying attention will be like, you need to reroute it through this router or fucking whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about computers. Um, and Charlie Day will be like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, and, like, clearly Will Arnett is the one who actually knows things and is getting things done but is not invested or paying attention at fucking all. Oh, that's so fucking funny. <laughs>
So, so we have this guy who's trying to set up a, a drug empire and wants to be so cool and has gotten enough success that the cops are after him and trying to go undercover at the local, like, community, community college, college, presumably, is what it is. Is he trying to just do a pump-and-dump Ponzi scheme? Because that's what mo- that's what crypto is either useful in the sense that you can buy drugs from the internet, which is rad, or it's just pump-and-dump Ponzi schemes. Okay, so follow-up. What if he is trying to do a pump-and-dump Ponzi scheme with the, like, like the whole city government? Like, the police for Okay, the police force has lost all their money because the city has invested all of their money in this, like, pump-and-dump scheme for some reason. Somebody at some level of the government got tricked into it. Um, and so they're out of money. So they have to send the shitty 21 Jump Street guys in because they don't have the money to pay the real workers. And so the real police workers are, like, not doing shit because they're not getting... The real, the real cops are not getting paid. So Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum have to go in and try to get all of the money back from this guy who like clearly has it all but clearly doesn't know what to do with it like pump and dump him back <laughs> yeah Janet Tatum's like it's a reverse pump and dump it's a reverse it's, it's a dump that's what pump. they have to do it's a pump dump. they've like already figured out who it is they have to like that's why they're undercover is because they have to trick him into giving the money back they have and in order to do that they have to trick him into believing that trick him into having him believe that they're into crypto tell me how you feel about yeah. this joke because when you said we're out of money we have no budget it's a direct to dvd sequel and it's not channing tatum and Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> we could make this movie Devin. <laughs> we would have to get charlie day and will arnett <laughs> Oh yeah, it's us. It's us as Channing Tatum. <laughs> we have this. Um, uh, I made this joke, or I made this. I made this little uh, movie in college with my friends. Um, uh, it's like forty-five minute original musical short film called Identical. Um, which is about these two identical twins. Um, one of whom was a superhero, and one of whom was a supervillain. For the the two identical twins, we cast this like enormous like six foot something uh super deep voice like blonde hair white guy and then for the other twin we cast nina who is this uh, tiny little indian girl like the joke is that we keep being like yeah these identical twins and uh, like only one time does a character go like wait you're identical twins and they go yeah and he goes so, and they go, what? What's the deal here? And that's the only acknowledgement it ever gets. Um, similar thing. Um, we just go, yeah, we're Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. <laughs> the same as we've always looked. The, the, closest, the closest is like someone looks and they go, did you change your hair? And you're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for yeah, that's exactly right. I will say I can just see Channing Tatum really pulling off, like saying the phrase or a verse bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just being funny. Whatever people talk about 
who plays Thor? Chris Hemsworth and like one of the most charismatic actors of our generation. Strong disagree. I just don't see whatever anyone else has seen. I do agree with Channing Tatum. That motherfucker has such comedic chops. He's so funny he's in so everything he's in. Funny. Perfect timing every time. Did you see Bullet I Train? I did see Bullet Train. <laughs> it was great. Did you see The Lost City? Oh, I wanted to oh, so I bad. It. I missed it in the theaters. I'm I'm gonna see it. It came out. Um, it came out in March, and I was like, I'm gonna watch. I did a double feature of the Lost City, and then Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was a hell of a birthday double feature. Did you see the Weird Al movie? No Channing Tatum, but that movie's <laughs> that movie's so fucking fun. Here's my take on Weird. Sorry everybody for this little digression here, but um, here's my take on Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Um, it is the perfect Weird Al Yankovic movie in that, on balance, I think it's really ultimately not actually all that funny, um, but I love it with all of my heart anyway. I love when movies prove me wrong, and I walked into that movie and I went, well, the funniest thing they do is if they play it straight, like, it's just, it's just a document, it's just a biopic, and then the dad starts beating the shit out of the accordion salesman, and I go, no, 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 they got me, this is much funnier, and they kept doing that. I, you know what here's what i'm gonna here's my hot take it i think it's the funniest weird al's ever been because like i love all those songs but this is like the hardest i've had there's a movie in 1989 i want to say called uhf um starring weird al yankovic it wasn't like directed by him or anything but um it's a movie starring weird al yankovic as the central character this guy named george newman who inherits his uncle's uhf station um and decides to like try to turn it into something and it's amazing i love it it's great and there is a um character named cooney who has a martial arts school um right next door to george's shitty apartment um who becomes like a regular character in that movie and in the scene in towards the beginning of weird the al yankovic story is a little flyer for Cooney's Martial Arts School. And when I saw that, I screamed. I was like, oh, I understood the reference. Oh, I understood the <laughs> reference. Oh, I got your Easter egg. I got that one. And I just needed everyone to know that I understood a reference, and I'm very proud of myself. When it randomly just becomes a John Wick movie, I was crying. <laughs> the fact that Weird Al kills himself in his own biopic. <laughs> uh, anyways, Turn what Jump Street. Street. So, um, what is Charlie Day's, like, name and vibe, you know? Okay, here's a question. When you look at Charlie Day, it's kind of always the exact same vibe. How much into or against that do you want to do? I kind of think that he's good at the thing that he does, and we want to more or less keep it that. We make it him, like, really trying to be serious, right? Here's here's my idea, um, because usually Charlie Day, a bunch of babbling nonsense. What What is Charlie work? Why are you talking about birds with teeth? It's not babbling nonsense. And when all the weird internet lingo about lolcacks and kiwi farms and crypto and the fucking block line, like, it's all legit internet speak, but no one knows what the fuck he's talking. Like, that's where the babbling comes in. Not just nonsense, but specific. It is hyper-focused. Like, all of these words are correct and real, but no one knows what the fuck is happening. I want whenever he's not talking about that, for him to be, like, trying to do this 
and having a really super serious voice that he isn't really pulling off. And he's kind of trying to do a Will Arnett impression, even though Will Arnett is right over there on the couch <laughs> next to him. But then, as soon as he starts talking about his, like, computer stuff, he suddenly, like, drops back into Charlie Day and he, like, loses the, like, mask he was putting on and starts just getting really excited now that you've started talking to him about his shitty hyperfixation. Yes, 100%. And he has some, like, shitty name was like, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. X. His, like, actual name is, like... Stanley Bubkiss. Stanley Bupkis. It's exactly Stanley Bupkis. <laughs> Wait, no, I, I I just realized that's that's just Stanley Upkiss from The Mask. Xander Bupkis. <laughs> Xander Bupkis. That's why he's Mr. X. <laughs> he was like, I was trying to go with Mr. Xan, but I, I, everyone assumed I was a SoundCloud rapper. I couldn't <laughs> get anything going. He's wearing, like, a suit, but it doesn't fit him well. <laughs> he's got one tie he's really proud of, and you find out it's a clip-on the whole time. <laughs> Are we on a fun fact a piece about Xander Bubkiss? <laughs> Xander Bubkiss the crypto genius. <laughs> uh, I try not to do like the crypto stuff too much. Like I was like, oh, we already kind of covered this with the uh, Rick Riordan verse episode, but I think it's it's distinct. Yeah, yeah. I, we we found a we found a different avenue for the same thing, too much like. Lord and Miller, they mm-hmm. find different avenues for why you love mm-hmm. the thing you love, except why you hopefully hate the thing is gross and contemptible, and much like cops, cryptocurrency should also not exist. We don't like cops, and we don't like crypto. We think they're both dumb and bad. Yeah, so, one fun fact apiece. I think I've been getting, like, real meta-contextually. I want to get back to, like, just some earnest, like, character stuff. I think Mr. X hates bored apes, because he drew what was ostensibly a board ape just like brick and mortar like 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 painted one one day and was like god this is my art and then he found out it was a whole crypto thing he was like son of a bitch <laughs> i think because these movies are not above this kind of humor that like you get like a, a set piece in a like a sex room like a sex dungeon room full of sex toys um, and, like, maybe there's, like, a third character there who's expecting them to be grossed out. But they're both kind of like, what? It's not like he y- has used any of it. Like, yeah, this was this is, this is the cleanest room in the entire house. And that, everyone, is a character. But before we go, um, we will be going soon. But first, uh, we want to do a little bit of parasocial bonding. It's a fun new activity that we're trying that we've never done before on this show where we um, ask a fun little question. So here's my question Yay! for you, Devin. Um, how are you as a roommate? That's the kind of question where I really feel has to be answered by other people. But I'd like to think I'm a pretty decent roommate. When I had my place in Jefferson, I was like, you know what? I am someone who will go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of clean supplies, and goddammit, that bathroom will be clean for at least a day. I think I'm... I'm mindful of when to clean if I'm in a roommate place. I spent, like, a few months at my ex's place once, and one time I just, like, cleaned the whole apartment because I wasn't doing anything, and fuck it, why not? That's wonderful. I like to think I'm a decent roommate. What about you? Yeah, I um uh I definitely have not always been the best roommate that anyone has ever had. 
I think like definitely, especially when I was in college, I was definitely one of the one of the messy roommates, and I've improved a lot since then because I've I've grown up. You know, I'm no longer a 22 year old, and I can keep a space slightly cleaner than I was than I had been able to before. I can struggle with noise. I speak loudly. I don't know if you can tell that through the podcast, but I speak loudly in general. Um, and so I really need to have a roommate. Like so much of it is just about what roommate you pick, right? And do you have a roommate who's going to be okay with? Um, who's also going to be okay with wanting to like have people over and who's going to want to have the same level of like um uh like volume control that you're going to want to have do you have a roommate who is also going to be excited to watch a movie at midnight or whatever uh so i definitely have had a few roommate situations where it wasn't the best one i really think that my roommate my current roommate and i are really really good pairs we moved out of our old place together because we knew we both lived together really well and we wanted to stay roommates and i think that's probably a good sign um for how well the two of us work together i don't know those are a few words about that yeah it's something that requires synergy and a decent level of cohabitation because I, I do think there's an invisible like even if you both can clean up and keep the living space god what if i just hate this motherfucker what if they just annoy me and uh, with that, um, we reached the end of yet another episode of original podcast, Do Not Steal. We've been doing this show for like 18 months now. It's still, I mean, I mean, we've only been releasing them for like maybe like 15 months or so. But still, that like that's a long time. We're coming up on two years. Get ready for season two at a point we arbitrarily decide at some point, audience. Oh, yeah, we're going to, at some point, this is the first time we're seeding this idea, but at some point we're going to split it into a season two. Um, so. <laughs> so I look forward to that. Get ready for that in some number of months' time. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this. Uh, and if you don't celebrate Christmas, then just Merry Christmas to me. Then, <laughs> then it's mine. I love Christmas. Oh, and, and then it's mine. <laughs> fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. I hope you have a bad day if you don't celebrate <laughs> Christmas. This is the true war on I'm Christmas. kidding. I love you. I'm so kidding. Um, uh, join us next week when Devin tries to get us to talk about a ri- about professional wrestling. But instead, we talk about uh, whatever it was that we said that we were going to talk about two weeks ago. We're back on our normal original schedule. We hop back in on that queue line, everybody. Look forward to... Whatever it is we recorded it months ago. Stuff. Creepy Freaks or Twilight or something. Something. <laughs> something. And something is the exact amount of money I will accept you giving me once I've successfully monetized our friendship. That's the joke to end out episodes. Okay. Bye. Bye.